One I got with me today, Thomas. Do you want to introduce yourself, man? Sure. Thank you, Tiger. My name is Thomas Jeffrey Huda, and my musical performance name that I want to take on now is Huda Thomas J. No gradient. Yeah, I'm moving beyond um, the, the the term gradient as a name. Yes. Well, well, why do you originally go with gradient? We're going to talk a lot about stuff that's not music related, but just super quick. I'm curious. Sure. Gradient. Well, okay. First of all, I'm very spiritual and I believe in God. So. Gradient is a name that I came up with as I was biking back to my house and there was a hill and I was thinking about like before when I biked on Highway 101 on the Oregon coast, they have signs that say like 8% grade when you're going to go downhill and somehow it just felt like a good name. And when I say I believe in God, I mention that because I retroactively felt like, you know what, Gradient is a really cool sort of metaphor for some of my identities. Like I think a lot, I have a lot of identities that are kind of middle identities or kind of like somewhere in the middle kind of thing. Like I'm mixed race. I am bisexual. I am uh, very elite in terms of the education I've received, but I have a very low socioeconomic background. Uh, Here's the thing. I'm curious why you, why you spend so much time identifying yourself. Cause I mean, I think, ooh. right. Like, like why can't you just be a person? Oh man, um, let's get into it. Because uh, first of all, has the state of Oregon ever elected anyone except for a person of color? No, for anything. The except state, for a person of color? And, and, no, has, I'm sorry, who was a person of color? Yeah. No. And one thing I've been thinking about a lot lately is how do we atone for the fact that Oregon has a specific kind of racist history? I'm turning off anybody who isn't a leftist. Already. No, my first guest actually talked about that. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, so, I think some people just when you when you say something is racist. There are a lot of people who just recoil and they don't want to listen to you anymore. Well, I mean, you use God really early on. That's a that's a bad <laughs> word too. Where it's like immediately half of people will be like, eh, you know. So yeah. So I don't know. I mean, just I mean, just go for it. So right with identity, Tiger. The reason I brought that up is because okay, I'm very interested in politics now. There are 90 senators and and uh, representatives in the Oregon State Legislature. There are 90 of them. 30 state senators, 60 state representatives. It's troubling to me that zero of those people have Asian heritage. That's troubling to me. And so... I am lucky in that I've had certain education. I think I'm a charming person. People seem to not hate me uh, more times than they do hate me. Uh, and so I want to run for office. And when I do that, well, I mean, dude, identity is like what I was going to say is, well, now more Asian people will run and yeah, it'll be great. But that inherently isn't better. Obviously, we want to have leaders who are just the best leaders possible yeah that's where i'm good mm-hmm. but not even that so much as i guess like the one of the first like tenets of of moving past moving further in life is realizing right. that you're not your body and i think the more people are defining themselves like i'm this 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 and this and i come from here and i'm with these people it's just like grounding yourself in your body you know and then that's those are more things that you have to like be defined as like you have to upkeep like these things you can't just like let it down i'm like i'm just a fucking human being man right you know, my friend Brandon and I were talking about um, like sort of like nationalism and tribalism and nativism and just sort of the idea that, oh, I'm in a space that makes that space the best. Oh, I was born in the U.S., so America is the best. I'm an American exceptionalist, etc. Um, and Brandon is far more liberal than me in general, and he 
basically thinks that instinct is bad across the board to be nationalistic, to have pride. That's like based on where you're from, where you are, your culture. And I'm not so convinced that it's bad. So let's, let's, cause I'll take Brandon's point of view. Let's let, argue with me. Yeah. Why do you think it's good? I'll, I'll, I'll argue why it's bad. <sighs> Goodness. Well, I mean, let's acknowledge the fact that we evolved from a common ancestor with the chimpanzees. We have mammalian instincts. We have a survival instinct and we generally want to take care of the people near us. And I love sports. For example, a lot of people who are extremely progressive, they don't like football. They don't like um, some of these very macho sports. I understand that. But ultimately, I just really enjoy it. I like the Oregon versus Oregon State rivalry. I like seeing the Blazers play the Warriors, except for what happened, if you remember. In the last Not a sports guy, but yeah. Not a sports person. Okay, that's fine. I'm a person person. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, sports, think about it. Dude, was uh, the U.S pretty freaking racist towards african-americans in the 50s yes however it was in 1947 that we got the first african-american major league baseball player jackie robinson right and but this is all the past so imagine you could just cut it right now and moving forward never not gonna happen in my lifetime really not happening dude oh come on because i'm saying okay i mean that would be the ultimate jedi trick i'm not just saying okay tiger because i think you're a white dude and i do think you're a white dude but i don't know how you think about that pretty sure you're a white dude right and it's like that's the ultimate jedi trick to say okay white people we're going to set up a system that you know displaces an entire ethnic group uh indigenous americans native americans then we're going to come in we're going to bring in um these african slaves through the transatlantic slave trade they're going to grow our sugar and so we've set up all the systems to oppress them we've set up white supremacy we've set up identity politics for white people right which is the idea that you know you know colored people have to have these fountain drinks da, da, da. i'm 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 sort Wait, of I'm expediting what, what a do you whole mean what do you mean what, what do you what do you think of ident- what are identity politics because i'm not entirely sure well identity politics as a phrase is generally used by social conservatives who um i would say more often than not have privileged identities like being male like being white like being straight like being from upper or middle income background being christian in the u.s in many places is is a sort of a dominant identity and so identity politics is this thing that all those people say like why are you so focused on race why are you focused on gender why are you focused on disability you know Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, why are you so radical on, you know, supporting women of color? Aren't we all people? Do you think That's, any of that matters or do you think it should just be idea based? Like if there were the, was someone running for office who really didn't even differentiate and could just, okay, like say tomorrow, all those pre-established things went down. Well, that's why I'm saying this is a Jedi trick, because now people of color have rights. We have power in society. We even have a couple of movies that are only, you know, people of color as the stars. That's pretty wild. That's only really happened in the last 20 years and then very frequently in the last five. Exactly. I was going to say five. And so um, now, finally, we've established ourselves. We have our own communities. Let's say black owned businesses are coming up, up more and more and black films and black, you know, all these, all these things that we have finally been able to to grasp and achieve, and people who don't know, I'm half Japanese, so that that's that's my racial identity is I'm white and I'm Asian. 
Um, now you're just going to say, oh, you know what? Doesn't matter. Race is over. You know, like that's what we that's like 400, 600 years that black people, African-Americans. I, when I think of race in the U.S. too, I think of African-Americans and the, and the black community a lot. Um, but then I also think of all of the Wait, marginalized racial groups. So my understanding is that you, you view this as a game and you view other races. A game. Well, that's how I'm seeing it is like, mm. oh, man, it's finally like getting neck and neck and then. But I'm like, why would it be a game? Doesn't doesn't mm. everyone want to unanimously? Every single person just wants to be happy, healthy, and free, free from financial stress and free from everything, just to be their own fucking person. Yeah, dude. Um, and so, really, as and, long as people and are, so here's an experience I've had frequently that yeah. you've probably never had. Maybe you have. I don't know because maybe if you Go traveled the world, being the only person of your race in a room, that is a marginalizing experience and that is one of the reasons why we don't have um, very many thriving um, black communities in eugene um is people like to be with people who have a common experience of the world i'm not saying that all black people have the same cultural values norms black people are very diverse all racial groups white people are extremely diverse it's not really thought, talked about as, uh, as much as i kind of wish uh, all these different racial groups very diverse um, not monolithic at all it's almost as if race doesn't dictate who you are but it certainly dictates a people a person's experience in 2019 United States um, a lot more than uh, white people are truly able to understand. Um, like one thing I think of is just like this little half smile that a lot of people of color get. Now I'm lucky in that you know if people can see or hear me, they'll might think of me in a certain way, perceive what I might look like, whatever. Um, I'm kind of white passing. I would say a lot of people look at me. And they don't get afraid in the same way they might get afraid of a very dark-skinned person of color. But I'm fairly tall. I'm fairly big. I'm over 200 pounds. I'm six feet. Um, and what I'm saying is, like, you know, even if all black people, there are a lot of black Americans. Like, for example, there's a significant number of black Trump supporters. And um, they would probably generally say, you know, we don't want to be as focused on race as, let's say, the progressive liberal black community in the country is. Um, and that's great. And that's fine. Um, but we are nowhere near a point where I can just say, Let's throw out the game, if you want to call it a game, um, because it's still seriously determining where people live through redlining policies. It's determining where people can work. It's determining who has access to so basic health care. I think you misunderstood my initial thing. I was saying as long, if, as, if people weren't being systematically discriminated against, mm. if there wasn't... Uh, it's just not going to happen uh, in our lifetime. I know, I know. Well... That's the really tough thing. So, so have you heard about like the whole Epstein stuff that's going on? Of course. I mean, right? How I, I've heard that he is dead and that he committed suicide. And but so here's my thoughts. Here's my thoughts on this whole thing. So there's a really big. Well, a lot of people are really glad he can't talk. But go on. Well, no, yeah, okay. So there's a bunch of really powerful people who <laughs> yeah. have done really bad things. It's really, really, and keep the yeah. the system the way it is, right? And all the people were like hey we want it to not be like this and the only way that it would change would they would be persecuted and probably go to jail for the rest of their lives and, or killed 
but it's like that so that that fear from them the people in power currently is what's stopping it from changing so i feel like if anything you just need to be like we'll just move well can we just move forward can we just move forward from now on like like you guys go off and just have a fucking island we don't we like i know you've done horrible things but just can we stop you stop it and start fresh where where now now people are no longer being you know under the rule just because they're fearful of of dealing with their the repercussions of their actions I don't really quite understand what you're proposing. Because are you saying that those those predators who participated in what Epstein was setting up with those like I think, they should, I think they should be held think they accountable. Should just go to an island and not. They have it. so much power that they will just keep killing people and stuff, so that they so that nothing ever changes. Can't like like I think what's more important than holding a couple people like pretty much killing a couple people who totally deserve to be go to jail for the rest of their life or killed. As long as everyone's like, hey, we're as soon as we can, we're going to fucking kill you guys. Right. As long as we're like, hey, we're chill. Can we all just move forward? Like, I know you guys are horrible people right. have done horrible things. But, well, as, you know, like, I think the... Not the, what, to sound too, too bleeding heart progressive, but you said people who deserve to go to, the, go to jail for the rest of their life or be killed. I actually don't think people like that exist. That is my moral um, and ethical take on the world is like if Adolf Hitler were around today, I don't think that Hitler should be in a prison or a jail for the rest of his life. Um, And six, how how would they be? How would someone be like that? Be reformed groups. How would they be reformed? Well, I mean, that's interesting that you jump to that. The idea that I now have now I'm going to talk about what to do to reform that person. I don't know that they can be totally reformed. Um, what I'm saying is, um, so I'm a dreamer and I'm an idealist, and I also persist in that state of mind despite knowing a lot of crappy shit about the world. <laughs> crappy shit about the world is a funny, funny phrase because it's like, oh, I censor myself and then I said shit. Yeah. Um, and Tiger, what were we just talking about? Because I started thinking about the word crap and the word shit. Uh, so, so let's let's put oh, it this way: someone oh, comes up, someone comes up in Systemax right. is like, you know what? I fucking hate this guy, and just mm. kneecaps you, and you lose a leg, or you lose an arm, or whatever happens. You think that person should just be in jail for a couple of years, or what? Do, what do you think should happen to that person? You no I longer have li- an arm. I need a little more context. You no because... longer have an arm because someone just came and attacked you. <laughs> okay. They said, you know what? This okay, fucking Thomas guy. Where am I? Rap. Is it daytime? Who is around? And how did I? And not to blame myself because I am a victim <laughs> of violence. But seriously, uh, I've never been in a situation where somebody was uh, had a good shot to just lop my leg off with like an axe or something. No, I'm saying it's arm. daylight, but someone knows who you are because of your music or whatever, and says, "I'm going to go attack this person." <laughs> right. Someone, you know, someone premeditatedly right. hurts you. What do you want? What do you think should happen to that person? What do I think should happen to that person? Hmm. Well, I think that that's just going to depend on so many more factors than I'm able to tell you now because I just don't know about this hypothetical. And what I would then add, Tiger, is that how are we going to federally dictate in a country of, I think, over 300 million people? Oh, let's have a mandatory minimum sentence for a given crime. You know, like why? Why take things so far away from the occurrence of the crime the or the 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 specific case of the crime what was going in the through the criminal's head what happened between the everybody involved um and that's where i want to be i want to look at why that person did that i would also tell you that if that person um both of their parents died 
about 30 minutes prior to them cutting my arm off. Um, and 15 minutes prior, that person's significant other killed themselves. Mm-hmm. And five minutes prior, that person found out that their water, electricity, and car were all being shut off. I would not want that person to be locked up for a year. I mean, sorry, for the rest of their life. If they were, let's say, 18 years old. Very fair. I don't think that's radical, um, but it is pretty silly. I mean, crazy, the hypothetical I thought of. That's a bad half hour. I've had bad half hours, but that was a pretty bad half hour I just outlined. Um, yeah, my, my, my point is people who that's a that is a serious problem that people who consistently hurt other human beings exist they exist in every single country they exist in every single city and the problem with our current carceral system is we want to just push them out of sight not only do we want to push them out of the purview of what we see on a day-to-day basis in our communities but we then actually allow state governments and i don't know maybe the federal i don't know but private entities to make money off of the imprisonment of those people and we know that statistically i mean black and brown people are being charged they're getting much longer sentences for the same crimes they're getting a much higher likelihood of being sentenced instead of being acquitted and uh being charged instead of acquitted rather and so and laws are how made can just to put people like that in jail people like that what do you mean like like in the 70s and stuff there's a bunch of people who were kind of making music and stuff that made people not want to go to war and keep the <laughs> industrial machine going right. and they said hey you can't really lock people up for ideas what are they doing they're taking different chemicals and stuff like that okay let's make that a crime and then people in those communities kind of systematically went away right right well i would posit that just by taking people out of society um you haven't fixed the problem and that i'm just like there are there are a couple things that i think you know i'm not solid on anything that i truly uh i'm an open-minded person that's as, a good as place a, to be you, you know shouldn't be so ego I, attached to your ideas right we're just debating not, ideas right, now. right i'm not rigid on yeah. any of them but i would say there's a couple things that i don't know if I think people should be able to profit off of these things, one of them is healthcare, and another one of them is is the imprisonment of humans. The reform system. It shouldn't even be imprisonment. It should just be reform. Whatever it right. is, you know. Right. Rehabilitation. But then, what if you do find a sociopath, Restorative someone who's justice. just, you know, someone who's just like gets some sick pleasure out of doing bad in the world? What do you do with that person? Ooh, that's an interesting. You, you got to take them out of society, like in a timeout, like you know. <laughs> It's a it's a tough question. It's a tough question, dude. We don't know um, because then I would then okay if I if we're you use the word debate, which I love because I was a debater in high school, and if we're going to have this debate, which I'm willing to have, you have said take a person out of society. I would I would argue what the heck are you talking about? Civilian society, maybe, but there's it is there's no such thing as taking a human being out of society. What do you think? We, we live in, we live on Earth. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, solitary confinement, sure. Never getting uh, more than one meal slid under a door, two meals slid under a door, 30, second, 30 minutes of natural light, whatever. I don't know. Some of these conditions in our, in our federal prisons are pretty intense. They're dark. Right. Um, but that person is in society. So, so let's that take That prison is in society. We're, this is going to be a jump. You've just, all you've done is locked them up. I know. That's bad. But so, so let's take this really far. Let's say... 
you got to become president tomorrow and there are no checks and balance. Can't do it. Born in the born in Japan. I don't care. This is this is make believe world. Would you be scared? So if you're trying to make all these changes, that you'd be assassinated. Like if you're like, you know what? Fuck, I'm gonna close I down. I have zero fear of being assassinated. But don't you think that someone who gets up there, like, like, why has no president ever just been like, okay, well, I'm gonna stop war. Why the fuck are we bombing people? And why are we making money off prisoners and like all these things? Like, why are all these things illegal? Like, don't you think that they probably like have really good ambitions and then they get there and they're like, oh, I'd get fucking killed if I tried to do any of these things. Um, I don't think that any of our current pre- any of the presidents that have been the president since you and I have been alive, except for Barack Obama, had um like a very good moral compass when they got to the presidency. Um, it's like um, see, not to sound too anti-industry, anti-business, because I'm not, but let's say a really big corporation. You start as some rank and file team member. You start with the you know maybe even an unpaid intern, and you just slog it out and you just work your butt off in that industry um, for so many years that, you know, maybe some morals and principles that you had about, um, let's say, the ecological footprint of your company, those are just gone after five years. You just literally have stopped thinking about them. You have a nice car. You keep putting gas in the car. You know that climate change is happening. You keep putting gas in the car uh, because at this point, well, You've got this good job. You've got a partner. Now you have a family. Now you have to provide for your children. You have locked, the next generation is in your house. It. You need a good house. You need a good. You need all kinds of good insurance, whether it's life insurance, car insurance, homeowners insurance, you know, whatever, and pay your mortgage. And so then you're a little bit stuck, right? That's a little bit like what happened to pretty much everybody except Obama, but also including Obama to an extent is, okay, getting into public service. What am I going to do? Start on the school board, start running for state rep, state senator, win state senator, have to work there for like six years, be a county commissioner or a mayor, and then eventually, oh, I'm going to run for U.S. Congress. What do you do when you become a U.S. congressperson? Well, you think so to get to president, your morals get corrupted. You can't get, you can't become president without being corrupted by them. That's not what I think because I do want to be president tiger. And, uh, anyone who's listened this far, thank you first of all. And maybe you should know that I'm probably running for mayor of Eugene next year. Did I ever, t- did I ever tell you that? Mm. Oh, sweet. What, uh, what platforms would you run on? Well, I have Will so far, running? I have five major issues Will you be that, winning I, that I call my, of? my pillars of a stronger Eugene. Because the whole foundation of what makes our culture great in Eugene doesn't feel strong anymore to me. Because look at education. Uh, this is an Oregon issue, but 48th in the country in, in, wow. in graduation rate? You're telling me that we can't find three states that are doing worse than us? That's great. It's very pitiful. Um and, you know, my dad has been involved in, in advocacy for, let's say, a public option or a single-payer health care system since I was, like, a young kid. I would go to these events in the park and stuff. And, like, you know, health. For me, specifically, mental health. Let me let me rattle off my five biggest yeah, issues. Get, get them down first. Yeah, education, mental health, the arts, kindness, and uh, housing. Because when you talk about city of Eugene issues, because that's not everybody even knows what a, what a mayor does. And honestly, I didn't know either hardly until like a matter of weeks ago. And let me tell you what a mayor does. Nothing. 
Um, <laughs> that's the status quo in Eugene for the last three mayors is that I don't think that they have very many accomplishments to their name. If they did, I would know about them. Um, and I know pretty well what Jim Torrey, Kitty Piercy, and Lucy Venice have done. And I'm not particularly impressed, but I'm also, it's kind of like high school. It's like ASB when we were at North. Um, people get elected, they have these flowery promises, and then nothing particularly big happens. Um, yeah, dude, so I'm running on those five things, and I have a pretty personal attachment to every one of those Let's things I mentioned. Let's start Edu- with the first one. Education is where my training has been for my whole life. <laughs> I was becoming educated as a K-12 through student, and then I wanted to go to a good college, and I did that, and then I went to a grad school uh, to become a teacher. Um, you have a master's? I have half of a master's. Hey. <laughs> I think I'm going to take a break while I run for mayor, though. And then we'll see next May how things go. And if I end up doing well in the primary ballot, then, uh, you know, I'll stick around and try to. And the mayor's term is four years. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably transfer. If I got elected, I would probably transfer to the UO or Willamette University in Salem and either work on finishing that teaching degree or I actually think I want to go to law school. Wow. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Um, 25 years old and then you know um, so you want to make some changes in this world I want to make some changes and I want to make some change because teachers don't make crap dude and I like that I, I want to make think... changes and change that's pretty good man <laughs> well I actually think that it's just a situation where I knew that if I was in schools working my butt off to teach and develop units plans on communist China and World War II and then the Vietnam War and these things that are, first of all, challenging to get students to be interested in, even though I love history. But I'll also admit that there was a lot of the readings I didn't do in high school when it came to history. And that, Does anyone? Right, exactly. Um, and so if I want to work my butt off, if, if, you know, the life, not really, I, teachers don't, well, teachers do. I'll, I won't. I won't backpedal too much. Teachers change lives so much, right? Oh my god, yeah. Right, and so if I'm going to have so many young people's outcomes, um, like, be affected by how well I do my job, that is scary, and that I should take that seriously. But I, I, I think that I would have the same thing as a lawyer. I'd make pretty much twice the money and work less. Um, the only real difference as far as I know is I just have to like study my butt off for three years a lot before I do that. If I were mayor, I think the changes I'd make to education, I'd be, I'd pay teachers a ridiculous amount, but I'd make it more prestigious, like a harder, it'd be more difficult to get in. So you'd really have to be something you want to do, but you'd get paid well once you're there and borderline no curriculum. So it's like, okay, how would I impact the lives of these of youth wow you know you could be like okay i want to teach them a growth mindset i want to teach them how to think i want to teach them how to lose but still you know like things like that brown university has a fully open curriculum and i don't i'm not sure how, what that means because you still have to to get to major in computer science you still have to take a certain amount of classes yeah. or whatever but but i, I like that um i was thinking but, for like high school kids I mean, and stuff too yeah i know but it's uh, it's like it's a challenging situation because i loved our cohort-based ihs system um, which you experienced they got, part they of. Got rid of it. They, for they, me. Yeah, they phased it out by the time you were there. Okay, I was 2012 grad, and there's serious value in 
oh, these are the same people. I've known them for all four years. And like, you know, I've had some of the same teachers uh, senior year that I did in sophomore year. And so are you saying if we had a fully, if we had no curriculum, well, then we don't have, you know, all the same Mr. Diaz homeroom class. Um, that everybody has to take. But what if there was a class about mental health? Don't you think that would help? If there was a class about mental health, I will tell you right now that that some kind of elective short class, like we had connections, or it was like a Wednesday only class. Um, that I would probably support. But um, yeah, maybe maybe I'm right. just biased against my own community here. An entire class about mental health doesn't make sense to me. You right think now. learning about whatever communist China and all these different like, like things about you think learning history is more important than learning about yourself? Well, you have created a false equivalency between a class on mental health and learning about yourself. Because first of all, everybody has mental health. Hopefully, people all have mental, me, good mental health. It's just like physical. But There's certainly, PE class. There you know, should be a P for I've been diagnosed class. with major depression, um, generalized anxiety disorder, uh, bipolar. I don't know if it's bipolar one or two, and um, certain PTSD symptoms. I definitely feel like I have PTSD. Um, and then I have also like two other ones that I kind of think I have, which are ADHD and NPD, narcissistic personality disorder. There are a lot of times, maybe it's just cause it's when I uh, smoke and I get like really uh, excited about things, but I really think I'm great and I have to tame that. Like I have to rationally step outside of those moments for a little bit and be like, you know, it's not a sure thing. I'm going to be the mayor and then I'm going to do this and then that. And then maybe I'll win a Grammy and hang out with Jack Black and Snoop Dogg, you know. Um, you get that voice in your head? <laughs> yeah, this is my <laughs> this is my Brooklyn accent. That was so funny. Um, yeah, the confident version of me is a New Yorker who likes dollar slices of pizza. Um, I think you raise an interesting point, but like, okay, let's have a holistic health class. Yeah. That's what I would like. Yeah, I would like a class that... Um, maybe everybody is encouraged to take and, you know, there's a solid month where we talk about mental health first aid. We talk very specifically about what the different symptoms and features of different mental disorders are that are in the DSM and, you know, how to assess, um, and also just have really positive examples of people like, in my opinion, Kanye West is a great example of someone with bipolar disorder who is immensely creative and has been uh just like one of the best contributors of art that we've had in and one of the best recent contributors of breaking down the stigma against mental health and just talking about it right i mean what right. other, what other public figure talks about meds and their you know whatever they have is going on in their head that's crazy right. that's crazy someone's talking about it that's incredible yeah yeah it's cool and it's a it's a I was I was hoping we would get to talk about Kanye because I remember you really liked the life of Pablo. Everything uh, Kanye is probably my one of my favorite people that wow. I that I think you know what if I like I'd probably have him in my will like an all cause thing like me and all my loved ones die and like would I give it to charity I'd give it to Kanye. He's <laughs> I, I support his cause. Yeah, yeah. I mean, gosh. Again, I believe in a higher power, right? So his then, music's okay. I like him as a person more than his music. That's you're the first person I've ever heard say that, um, and that's not how I feel. I, I love both, but music is always for me. His music is more important than his personality. Wow. 
Yeah, come on. Well, I mean, they're so hard to tie tear apart because Spaceship is my favorite Kanye song ever. And that song is all about, well, specifically, he talks about being a black guy working in the service industry in a clothing shop, I think. But it's basically just about the freaking hating all, you know, of the BS that comes with having to clock in uh, for a job you hate with a boss you hate. Um, and... So he's got, I mean, the first two albums, there was that hunger there that is so indicative of who he always will be. He's always hungry to do new things, and that's what I admire, too. Um, but, I mean, let's talk about the fact that when he gets all excited, he is liable to say all kinds of BS that's just not true. Like what? So when he was on TMZ talking about how slavery was a choice, you know, 400 years of slavery. That feels like a choice. That's what he said. And, um, you know, there was a journalist there who, who gave him a very good confrontation about that. And he was trying to rely on Candace Owens and say, well, Candace can give you the facts more than I could. But the point I'm making is that, um, he has certainly made false statements of some kind. I can't, I can't pull one off my head right now. I probably will in a minute. But the point is that, even I've done this. Oh, I get so excited about the thing I'm saying, and I really want to talk about it, and I really want to explain every single thing about what I said, and then I actually have this other point I really want to pull them all in. And, and at a certain point, I'm not keeping track of truth as much as I should be. You just don't have 20 million people listening to you when you're like that. Which exactly. Is the difference. Exactly. So that's the challenge because, oh, God. I mean, we need to talk about information. Like, talk about journalism, infor- the quality of information how we are addicted to information but we're almost almost always addicted to the wrong negative overstimulating and oversimplified news stories and and ideas right and we're very susceptible to ridiculous narratives i heard a recent thing on instead uh, for the previous generation it was sex cells and now it's hate cells right pretty much just like anything that'll right. fucking rile you up ruin your day and distract you from your own consciousness I had a friend who said he just doesn't want to be on Facebook ever because he thinks the whole platform is designed to stir up anger. Well, it is, factually. (laughs) Like, the algorithms are made to put posts at the top that you will be like, hey, I disagree with that. Mm. You know? Mm. Like, like some fake article says, a guy running for mayor thinks that uh, Kanye sucks. And you'd be like, oh, that's, you know, fuck him. I love Kanye. And the next person would be like, oh, well, that's not actually what he said. said. If you read the article, he actually likes Kanye. And, you know, it's just causing people to just waste their time. I'm working slowly on an EP, uh, hip-hop EP, as Hira Thomas J, that will be one song will each uh, each song will be about a different social media platform and i really like to get into the weeds about like the history of them for example you know i like i'm i almost was a history major i ended up being an american studies major which is which means nothing um and we'll we probably won't talk about the day, but if we ever want to talk about what a fucking American studies degree is, I tell you that it's not a whole lot more valuable than this pa- piece of blank paper I'm holding up now. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to sound ungrateful for the education because a bachelor's degree is a, is a huge deal regardless. Where was I going with that? Uh, I don't remember at all. Yeah. Neither. That's happened in my last podcast. So I was just like, I like got like so on the tinge that I'm like, I completely forgot what I was talking about and just kind of dropped it. Happens um, all the time for me. Yeah, just just social medias. You said you wanted, mm. yeah, <laughs> dude. Let's talk about history, um, <laughs> because in my opinion, history we have we have no excuse to not have 
historical events very well documented now. I'm going to pee. I'll be able to hear you in there. Just keep talking. Sure. Um, one of the things that I think is really trippy about Facebook is the constant changes that are always being made. And so why that's trippy to me is because, for example, we have like six reactions we can do on a post now. You got the love, the like, the wow, the haha, the angry, and the sad. For a little while, there was a little purple flower called the thankful. And this is pretty funny to just talk to an empty room about the nitty gritty of like uh, Facebook reactions, but this is great. Um, what I think is fascinating is that as they added that later, you know, it's interesting to look back on old posts from like 2014, 2015, which I still look at sometimes because I've run several pages, not just my own personal profile on Facebook. And the state of dialogue is so different because you could only um, like you could only like a post and comment on a post, I think, in like 2014. Yeah. Maybe 2013. At some point there, you could like a comment. But liking a comment at all, now you can have six reactions to a comment. You can reply to a comment to create a little mini thread in a, already a thread of comments, right? Mm -hmm. Those things were not available in like 20, 2011 when I was on Facebook. I, I started on Facebook in 2009, I believe. Uh, and I lied about my uh, age and I think college affiliation to do, to do it. Um, and to me, why I talk about history all the time is like even the interface of the way that the comments look and well, obviously people's profiles pic pic pictures are changing all the time. So if I look at a post um, in 2018 and it's a 2014 um, post, but at a certain point over those like few years, some of the commenters on the post have either blocked me or deleted their profile or I blocked them or anything. You just get this really weird shell of what used to be. It's just, it's strange to me. It's strange to me um, because I think it's gonna be challenging to keep track of historical moments accurately. Um, because we don't have very good public change logs about social media networks. Like Facebook doesn't tell us, oh yeah, this year we changed all these little things and this feature went away and this feature came back. Um, we're just kind of all participants in this manipulative thing. And I benefit from it and people who interact me with me hopefully have benefited at some point with from my brilliant wisdom. Um, that's a joke. But like, dude, it's weird because it's telling us all the time how to re how to how to behave yeah and dude here's the biggest one that frustrated me um they started doing facebook fundraisers okay cool for your birthday and stuff right yeah. right exactly fine that's cool um my friend is skeptical of it i think she's smart to be skeptical of it but i don't spend a lot of time thinking maybe i should I think a little more time about oh which charities are actually giving 100 percent of my money to the organizations and doing it effectively but my point is that 
they did this thing where they introduced the fundraisers. You could donate, right? You would you would get a little alert and be like, oh, you know, Stephanie is doing a fundraiser today for Autism Speaks. Mm-hmm. Give five bucks. Cool, I gave five bucks. Ooh, do you want Stephanie to see you gave the money only? Or do you want to see have anybody see? Well, okay, I would rather have anybody see. It's a no, public it's a thing. signaling thing. Right, it's a signaling thing, sir. But I also want to show that there's momentum. I want to show, mm, oh, okay, I did point. this. Because if I see five people... People I think are cool and they all donated to Autism Speaks. Now I'm like, oh, well, I gotta join in. <laughs> but here's the rub that's fine. I could donate something, but then, uh, like, less than a month ago, what I noticed is that those very sneakily started showing up on my profile when I donated money to an organization and I didn't make it say, like, you know, and I made the pub, the privacy setting public or maybe friends. It just shows up on my profile like any other post of mine. And that to me is shady because I never asked for that to be on my profile. And it's not a post that I would just make because I want friends to see it, which is usually what I would put on my Facebook timeline. Um, and why I'm making a big deal about it is that what I view in that is like this really shady idea of of convincing you that your friends are doing this and so you need to do it and it creates this false idea that people are actually using facebook more than they are you know because a lot of people at least that i went i know well they migrated to ig twitter and snapchat and then they don't use facebook for anything except their profile still exists or miss it messenger right messenger they use their profile still exists they haven't done a post in years Mm -hmm. but they get a happy birthday every every year and that's it and they change their profile picture every three or four years because you age and then you're like, oh, that doesn't look like me anymore. But Facebook is trying to make it seem like everybody's still there, like people are still doing it. They're artificially, they're like, oh, crap, people aren't posting. People aren't posting. What do we do? Well, let's have these share, that you can share images now. Oh, good. I can share images. Good. That happened. And I think that probably happened before you could share videos. But if you don't but go now on it's Facebook, pretty much why all. do you care? Why do you care if they're manufacturing shit like like it's who, like I mean on and on and Twitter and stuff. There's like bots and stuff. Like, you're asking me why I care about the implications of social media when we have a president who is one a social media addict and a loon. So I should care, and I should. <laughs> that's the thing. That's why I'm so mad. I'm actually a pretty mad person <laughs> these days. Yeah. I started this anger page on Facebook. It's great. Political Hugh has political anger page. I'll probably just turn it into my official campaign page uh, eventually um, once i've i'm ready what's your slogan i'm mad my slogan is be too. a shitload of slogans <laughs> i actually have a lot of slogans i want to put a twitter profile up that's all the only thing i do is post slogans in the form of bumper stickers that i just never print yeah so i'm like mad, mad hype I'm mad hype about it nice um but my number one slogan i think is something that is on a lot of stickers for candidates but it's not a slogan, um, but I want to use it as a slogan, which is learn more. That's a good one. Knowledge is power. Speaking of, so that's, I think, the biggest thing that has to do with uh, social media implications of it is say you're running for mayor and someone else is running for mayor right. and maybe they have a lot of money. They could pay for ads that say vote for this motherfucker on everyone in Eugene's thing. It keeps coming up like they see that that guy's name like three times and the right. ballot comes in. They're going to vote for him because it's the name recognition. That's the name they, re- you know, they recognize. Yeah. So money can literally buy knowledge or power or what you know, you know? What? 
And and okay, what? even further, even Our elected <laughs> officials are influenced by money. I know, but even further than that, like say so, Facebook could allow for ads that even even aren't even for a specific candidate, but they should just they could just say go out and vote. They could only do it in Democratic places or Republican. Oh yeah, places. you could do a lot of targeting. Yeah, um, some shady shit. I mean, yeah, but then I could throw the same thing you said back at me. Okay, why do you care that people are targeting a certain demographic of advertisers? Well, you that's could, why I care. You could I, avoid I it by not being on Facebook. Oh, good point. If I'm not on Facebook, who the fuck are they targeting? Yeah, they don't have control. But I know old people are. I know some people are. <laughs> you know, I mean, someone's using Facebook. Someone's clearly using Facebook, you know? It's oh, not I like use a completely Facebook, dead place. Not even every day, but close to every hour. I mean, wow. as, as lo- if I am not at work and I have no job duty and I have no um, pressing time-sensitive thing, dude, I've, I essentially, essentially the way I live my life is um, I don't view this – I don't have the – God, I sound like I actually hate the way I talk a lot of the time because I have a sentence and I'm like, oh, this that's the most accurate way to convey my thought. It also would make me sound like a pretentious douchebag. Who cares? But I must say it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and what were we just talking about, dude? Uh, go Social check in media, Facebook every hour. Check in, in Facebook. Your free time. There is no. Okay, let me rewind because I remember when social media was. More like social networking, actually. They were called social networks before they were called social media a little bit. And MySpace, I remember when that came out. And I remember when YouTube came out. And I used both of those right away. And I thought they were really cool. And then, like, Daily Motion, uh, just like a lot of video, um, you know, uh, Funny or Die, uh, Fail Blog, all these, all these sites I watched a lot in like 2007, 2008, after I got a laptop for the first time. Um, and with MySpace, there was a clear dichotomy between I am on MySpace right now and I'm not. They even had an online now that was actually pretty um, effective. Messenger has it, but I've never even used it. I've never even bothered to care who's online because I don't care because you don't carry that computer I see right now in your pocket, but you probably do carry a computer in your pocket. Um, and we all, not we the all, phone. but many, many of us do. Yeah, I call them computer phones. I think that smartphone is a good term. I think phone is a bad term for that device at, at this point. Our language should reflect the reality of our lives. And when I see those phones in public, I almost never see them used as phones. Although we do use them as phones still, right? And Secondary use. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, well, okay, with MySpace, I didn't have a laptop. So, it was, I'm on my desktop computer. I'm on MySpace, looking at people's MySpace profiles, their bulletins, checking my inbox, and then leaving photo comments for people. No likes, just photo comments. Um, Wait, why do you check Facebook every hour, though? Uh, boredom. But, so my, so my, and I have a lot of friends on there over 3000 holy cow and i and i mean dude i i would not be able to try it's it's 3.8 right now and i would not be able to trim it below 3k because i know and care about all those people you know and not every single one of them there's rappers on there that i haven't met in person but still i feel they're good to have in my network and so there's probably a few hundred people like that who I've never met. But out of those 3.8K, I, I, I could very confidently say like 2.7, 2.8K I've met. And I actually feel like I have a friendship with them. Um, and That's so, a lot to upkeep. That's a crazy amount to upkeep. Well, yeah. I mean, that's why 
Even I remember there used to be two news feeds. How many people are, re- are you there really, really close feeds. with, though? How many people uh, could you share? Zero. Like? I will tell you. Yeah, zero. zero. I mean, that's Dude, the average. My, yeah, my, my best friend is, is my music that I listen to. It's my car. I like my I like the people at my job. I like my family. But I would tell you that um, since you asked how many people am I close with, I, zero, dude. I am not in a relationship right now. I'm very focused on myself. And I have, like, seriously a fountain of creative ideas. I'm that, curious. I'm curious how that that shift from like we should be in small groups of people and instead mm. it's like we're like kind of one step away from being with a lot of people but you're not really there's no one there from your day to day and maybe do you think that contributes to mental health in today dude mental health is so fucked for the next 10 years i think but we're gonna it's gonna be so fucked that we're gonna have to really really deal with it it's a little similar to as much as I am very frustrated that our current president is who our current president is. Um, the fact of his having that office means, okay, we really have to actually have a, have a national conversation about bigotry now because we have a bigot. I mean, that's my opinion, but we have a bigot in the white house. And so we have to deal with that. Well, similar to mental health. We 2007 is when the iPhone came out tiger. And so that's a pretty good benchmark for when, they were totally ubiquitous in society. You use them to hail a taxi without even making a phone call. You use your your Uber, Lyft app. You use them to get your food delivered to you, your news delivered to you, your uh, some pornographic images, as well as PDFs of scholarly articles. Like everything comes to you on your smartphone. If, that's your friend. That's how you keep in touch with three thousand people. Right. That you don't actually see every day or often enough. Yeah, man. I mean. Well, one of the things I really want to do as mayor, if I win, is is have a lot of, of really unifying public gatherings that... That would be good. Yeah, yeah. That's no re- religious or political affiliation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And not... the Where do people gather now? They gather in churches. They gather at athletic events. Mm-hmm. They gather at political events. And then there's some cool stuff like the Saturday market. Mm-hmm. Um, but, boy, that is pretty much it in Eugene, yeah. you know? Besides the informal hangouts, get-togethers, let's go to the bar, let's just go play video games. And I don't know what this looks like yet. I have one really wild idea. Do you want to go into the wild idea? Okay. So the city of Eugene, in my opinion, doesn't act like the city of Eugene is as great as it is. Um, In my opinion, we are easily one of the six most significant cities on the West Coast. Why? Because we're the second biggest uh, metropolitan area in Oregon. So let's look at the two biggest ones in each state. Seattle, I believe Tacoma is probably bigger than Olympia. So we've got Seattle, Tacoma, Portland, Eugene, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. I think Eugene is just as in that, in that conversation as certainly Tacoma and, but we don't act like we are a big deal. Because we're humble and because we are a small town and because we don't want everybody to find out about us, blah, blah, blah. Um, But Eugene rocks and performers and musicians like people who go on tour, they know that Eugene really supports the arts. You know, Tech Nine is one of my favorite hip hop artists. Comes to Eugene all the time. Loves to play at the Cuthbert Amphitheater and the McDonald Theater. 
Um, but a lot of people skip skip Eugene in terms of playing because they're just such big performers. There's nowhere that will host them. Garth Brooks played, so that was pretty cool because he played at Autzen. U2 played at Autzen. They, they, that was like oh, well over a decade ago. And that from what I know, that's what shut down Autzen as a concert venue for years was it was too loud. U2 uh. played at Autzen. Autzen Stadium is a football stadium in case anyone doesn't know Eugene. So... Where was I going with that? What would you exactly? do for event? What would you I do would, for events? The wild event. The right. wild event. Yeah. So here's what it is. A it's, big chanting. It's no. It's an award. It's it's the giving of an award, and I want to make no it. No go to that. That's what you think. But now, let me say that you know. Okay, I don't know who is a reasonable person I could actually get to come to Eugene to accept an award, but like childish Gambino. I think Tenacious D. I think, um, I think, uh, like Don Henley from the Eagles, um, Neil Young. I'm just thinking of people who, like, there are a lot of artists that are like one, some of the greatest in their genre, mm-hmm. but they're not looked at as some of the greatest musicians ever. And I think that if we, you know, we got ten thousand people to come to an event. And uh, because here's here's what this partially they comes don't play. From. They don't play though. You just they give might. Them a- so here's the three rules, three simple rules for this. This It's kind of like a City of Eugene Lifetime Achievement Award presented by the mayor. The award itself is made from Oregon Timber. It's a beautiful award. But the three rules are simple. The first one, they have to have written and performed great music. A lot of people have done that. Lady Gaga's on my list. I actually think that in an off year when Lady Gaga's not doing much, she might come to Eugene and accept the award. An award. So she, you have to have Do written. Do you want to know what I have against Lady Gaga? No, I want to explain these two things and then I'll get to that. That would be awesome to hear. Um, the second one is they have to have love for Eugene, Oregon. And the third one is that they have to be willing to come to Eugene, accept the award at a public free event. So, or an event for charity. You know, so what? you think no one would go to that, but really, okay, maybe 10,000 people wouldn't go. But if, if a hundred people show up to something, to me, that's a big success. That is. And so I'm 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 gonna shoot for the moon and say that you know we can get Jay Z, we can get Beyonce, we can get Obama back in Eugene, Oregon. Um, but I don't I'm not naive enough to think I'm gonna pull that off in the next two or three years. No, I think Eugene has a long way to go, but we're gonna continue to be a big city, or we're gonna become a bigger city. And I think in the 2040s and 2050s, Eugene is gonna be, it's gonna be a city, man. It's not gonna be Portland yet. The level of where Portland has been in the last couple decades, we won't get that in by twenty forty or twenty fifty, but by twenty one hundred, by twenty one fifty, think about think about yet. Eugene in twenty. But Portland does Dude, have this one. area right now in twenty one fifty is going to be crazy. It, where we are now by the lake, yeah, this could be like riverfront prop, like you know waterfront property, and like we might see urbanization. We might see another high school between here and north eugene you know there might be an entirely new patch of residential uh you know living and the river road community where i live is like right on this borderline right now where it's like how far do we want to develop and how far do we want to maintain a lot of it's about density there are certain ordinances uh, as, as far as i understand about density in housing and so um like people wanted to live in a suburban sort of setting before when like my house was built. Uh, and so, you know, they didn't want to have 10 people per building. 
they wanted to have like three or four or five people per building and you have a peaceful neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. They just didn't want it to be urban. And renters. Right. Because renters don't give a fuck. Right. Oh, yeah. Well. I think that's the biggest thing. You just want households so that people take care of their 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 shit rather than just having a bunch of renters. Mm. Not that renters are bad. Like everyone everyone rents at some point in their life. But right. when you're renting, you don't give a shit about your property. Like you don't, you don't care. Mm. Why would you? Mm. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, compared to owning, yeah. But I think people have ownership in the places they live. They have pride. They want to keep their places. Yeah. Ideally. They Ideally. have people over. They have. Yeah. They want to keep but here's one cool clean. thing. Portland totally has what you're talking about. I think probably seven years ago right. i went up and um oh who's that really big cool band they have like do you realize <laughs> um oh man um anyways so they had a free concert with like free grilled cheeses and stuff like that and like you <laughs> raided them and stuff and it was huge it was like portland day um the flaming lips oh yeah do you realize yeah i think of uh yoshimi battles the pink robots yeah but i'm like what are you gonna sing there you know (laughs) Um, but anyways so yeah they played um and it was great and there was grilled cheese and it was right on the river like they did a huge thing where it's like wow i'm not even from there and i felt like a sense of community that's awesome i think we do we need to instill some sort of sense of community into right where we are right well i think that i well i know that church attendance you know each decade down 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 um each year youth mental health down down depression up up time spent you know gathering together in places like churches i think it's down and time spent alone in our own rooms looking at screens i think it's way up yeah um i'm not saying that all that time is bad you could be interacting with your friends when you're alone at your on your screen you could be learning on youtube right audio engineering right right but um dude i mean you know where this loneliness feeling comes from evolutionarily it was very disadvantageous to be away from the pack so if you were alone you weren't going to eat or survive or have like clothing or shelter so that's where we get this feeling oh i haven't interacted with a human being in 48 hours i feel this feeling you know it sucks i don't like it <laughs> so what maybe i'll get angry maybe i get sad maybe i just do nothing or maybe i'll go out and hurt someone i don't know you know yeah. that's loneliness it's a it's an evolutionary thing. So, um, it's happening I don't now know. more than ever. Physical probably. touch for me is so important in a close friendship. You know, all my friends, we rub up on each other. <laughs> all my close friends, we watch movies. We sit very close to each other on the couch. We put our arms around each other. We hug a lot. You know, we, to me, um, well, I would, uh, who knows what I'm really saying? I don't have any good ideas about about how to how to fix. No, I mean, I, all I'm saying is public 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 gatherings, and maybe eventually, if I have a good reputation as a mayor, you know, the mayor, I, the mayor should be very invested in arts. I believe mm-hmm. currently, our mayor put on an art show, and it was all right, um, but it was a standard art show. Yeah, you know? not a lot of no heart to it. Not a lot of heart to it. Pretty much predominantly by predominantly the same kinds of art by the same kinds of people uh it was just like okay the food was great the food was amazing i loved that food so you're saying you start rituals in eugene Mm. see you you did tell me beforehand you wanted to talk about ritual i don't know what that means um i think ritual is obviously important because 
I don't know. If it wasn't, then the Earth wouldn't rotate. I think that we, I mean, we evolved on a place where the Earth rotates, and so there is half the day where, well, depending on where you are, in which hemisphere, blah, 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 half the day it's day- daytime, half the day it's dark, and so you biologically respond to that. Yeah. You know, you well, don't do the same shit at 4 a.m. that you do at 4 p.m., um, so you have rituals. I, dude... I don't know about what cycle works best for me because sleep for me has never been uh, an easy thing to do. It's rarely something that I do even when I feel like I want to. Um, But I'm sure we all know like once you get some good sleep, you don't want to. It's hard. It's I'm not a morning person. So once I am asleep, I'm like, I don't want to get up for anything, Um, which is why part of why I'm like, well, teaching would be really hard. Oh, I, had to, I had to get up at 6.40 every morning and then get on the... Our kids shouldn't be getting up at 6 a.m. That's ridiculous. They should be sleeping. At, we should prioritize sleep for kids right. over getting up. Right. I like that. Right. Like, have school start at 10 for all grades, including college. My God. That was mm-hmm. the worst. That was the worst. Yeah. Why is it even like classes that? right away at Colton College. Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> why? Why do things have to get started that early? A lot of people <laughs> run better, run a different right. schedule, you know? Right. Right. It's hard. I mean, yes, yes, and yes, but also no, because, I mean, you can't have all teachers. Well, I guess you could You could run a 10 to 3 school day, but you're going to lose a ton of instructional time. If you don't get up that early, then you're looking at a 10 to 5 school day. Yeah, let's do 10 to 5. Isn't... And then parents get off at 5 anyways. Why not? Then they don't need... Then there so be what happens after school, school programs? I mean, those are then going to go till 7, but then sports games are at five and seven well i don't know i'm getting too tied up in a little <laughs> in minutia, but you have to convince me fundamentally tiger that sleep's more important than learning about history no because for a developing you know mind? circadian rhythms are mm-hmm. yeah so who gives a crap time is not time is made up in my opinion hours are definitely made up minutes are made up seconds are made up so what do you think time is well, you think that because 8 a.m., okay, because kids get to school at 10, they're going to get more sleep? Yeah. Why, why Why? is that the case when a student who was previously going to stay up till 1 a.m., oh, now they just stay up till 3? Good point. You know? So just because there's less daylight during, no, I don't know, less, more, whatever, just because of the fact of there being more or less daylight at a given time when we all decide that school is going to start, I don't think means kids are going to get more sleep. I think if, if school starts at 8, so you have to get up at 6, then you have to be in bed by 10. I don't think it's reasonable for a kid or a high schooler to be in bed by 10. But I think it's reasonable for them to be in bed by midnight or 1 or 2. Mm. So I think just from a real, like when you're in high school, like you shouldn't have to be in bed by 10 right that's not practical it's not realistic but it would be realistic if you're like hey you know you can probably get eight hours if you fall asleep by midnight people would be like cool Mm. that's reasonable you know Mm. is where i'm coming from yeah yeah well hmm. one of the things with schools is i think that schools in general like gosh higher ed i think it's hard to have a really strong community once you have more than like 10,000 students, 8,000, 10,000. Um, and my college I went to was 2,000. So that tells you that what I value is closeness, close-knit community. Um, but then in high schools, once you get over like 2,000 in a high school, 
North had about a thousand. That's when you really are stretching, you know, are we really a community of people that knows each other? Um, and so, hmm, I just really at least admire and appreciate like all the people I've talked to in my life who went to like high school where their graduating class was like 18, you know? And it's just like, we knew all those people and everybody dated all the same people. And like, you know, like those people are going to be in there when they're in their forties, fifties, seventies, that is like a really powerful thing that those people had all of their formative years together, you know, in that really small cohort. Mm Mm-hmm. I have no idea why I started talking about that, but Mm -hmm. there are so many problems in education. Um, Where to even start kind of thing. Right, right. Well, we were talking about college and what time it starts and... um, And sleep in general. So wait, Dude, here's another thing. Yeah. Student loan debt. Ridiculous. (laughs) I will tell you I'm disgusted about it and I have... And I'm unbelievably blessed to have a college degree with zero debt. Mm-hmm. Congrats! <laughs> Come on, dude. Why you think I'm? Why you think I'm so idealistic? Because people should be idealistic in their mid twenties, but so many of them are like, "Nope, I have to get a good job in computer science, making ninety k a year at least, because I have a hundred thousand dollar burden or whatever, you know, a huge burden that interest is only going to, you know, fuck me each year if, I'm not, if I'm not getting out ahead of it. Bernie wins and gets rid of it for us. Uh, not you, but for me at least. <laughs> Banking on that. <laughs> I hope r- Bernie is on the ticket. I hope we get. Um, there's a few tickets. I'd love to talk presidential politics, but I don't know if you want to go. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Andrew Yang is the candidate I'm most excited about. That is straight up true. But Bernie Sanders is, in many ways, the candidate that I actually agree with the most. Well, and he has the biggest chance of probably winning. Because I mean, really, I'd probably go with Tulsi Gabbard. Hmm. Just because she seems pretty awake, conscious in her decisions, in her decision making and where she prioritizes. Let's stop fucking bombing kids halfway around the world for no reason. Dude, she's going for the VP spot with Biden. But I think I don't want Biden. No, uh, very few people want Biden, um, even though Biden's the front runner because of name ID. I would go as far to say I would almost take Trump over Biden. See you later, dude. Peace and out. <laughs> no, Bye. right, but 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 it but no, but someone who's <laughs> someone who who is just gonna keep the like he opposed. Have you have you seen the 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 things that he's pretty much just a career politician? Like he opposed gay gay marriage until fifty percent of people wanted it. He's opposed to marijuana and even like CBD and things. Like he's literally just a politician. And Trump's evil too. Trump's evil, but Biden is systematically evil. Like Hillary is systematically evil. You know. Rather than just some fucking retard winning. I don't use that word personally, but it's your podcast. And I would also say, dude, no. Like, <laughs> that's just... No, I, no and I'm well, open. I, I'm open. And I, that's not like a view I, dude, I hold strongly. No. What are you talking about in terms of Biden is just a politician? Like, everybody is a politician. What I was going to say is, like, Obama luckily scraped in only one term of U.S. Senate experience before he jumped into the presidential office. And once you get farther and farther away from your own people... Um, then it's harder to be a good representative and a moral figure who cares about the community and fixes things in the community. Um, Joe Biden is in many ways. Yeah. He's an archetype of somebody who has been in power too long. Um, but dude, 
how dare you bring up his credentials on same-sex marriage? Because Joe Biden is responsible for the fact that we have ever had a president who has came out, come out in support of same-sex marriage. In 1996, he voted against gay marriage. Yeah, it was 1996. I was three years old, and I'm a member of the queer community. Some people might be like, why are you defending Joe? Dude, what happened in uh, May 2012? Joe Biden said that his position had evolved on same-sex marriage, and nice. Barack Obama was totally opposed to same-sex marriage. He was supposed he was supported civil unions, and so you know, it's a weird world. And Trump gets to accurately brag about the fact he's the first president to take office as a supporter of same-sex marriage. Obama did not do that. And if not for the fact that Joe Biden came out in support, everybody used to think that Joe Biden had his foot in his mouth, like he was a gaffe maker he would he would shoot from the hip g-a-f-f-e a a political mistake of any kind like romney saying writing off 47 percent of the country hillary calling half the country a basket of deplorables those are gaffes those are like really stupid mistakes so you know i mean biden is it's it's the the thing about his candidacy is he's only recently it seems thank god starting to tell us good things about what he wants what he would do what his vision is instead of just constantly invoking this trump is the worst president of all time rhetoric which is actually not something i believe at all i don't think trump is the worst president of all time i think he's in the top five but he's not the worst ever he just seems chaotic like i mean he's just out for himself you know and here's a problem for me you had this thing earlier about like oh identity why can't we just get rid of identity well elizabeth warren is getting screwed and she has been for months and specifically because she's an elderly white woman uh, who is a democrat and that's exactly what hillary clinton was and hillary clinton was a more malevolent person that's a harsh thing to say but she's done terrible things so so even though i supported the crap out of her against trump um and but she's evil she's evil She's evil. See, I don't think human beings can be evil. What? I I don't think humans can be can be evil. I think objectively humans can be evil. I think in their own subjective view, they obviously think they're doing. We're using the words differently. Then, can a person do something evil? Can a person lead a movement that's evil? Are you evil then because you led an evil movement? Maybe. But what I'm saying is. You're saying Hillary is evil. Tiger is evil. Thomas is evil. No, Thomas isn't evil. Thomas is Thomas. Evil is evil. That's uh, what I think. Okay. Once you have once you have taken any person, you know, violent criminal or just some random folk on the street and said, "Oh, that person is evil or that person is irredeemably evil." I don't know why I would have a conversation with you, you know, with a person a good who point. would do that because that's intolerance that's a point where you have just decided that a person you know you set you set up their whole fate right there so um we can say hillary's evil but we can also talk about um the fact that hillary care was a term in the 90s when she was trying to get um a version of affordable health care that was became obamacare the affordable the aca a decade later we can talk about um a whole number of impressive and great things that she did um and then 
what are you then talking about? A, a person who is evil? Okay. But you're talking about a person who is only 98% evil instead of 100? You know, how do we quantify this? I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in having a conversation about, oh, that person is a really great person uh, and, or so, that person so is let's, evil let's because I'm way. interested in actions and behaviors. If someone takes large swaths of money and, and says, okay, I'm going to make laws that make sure that you stay in business and what those people's business is is creating propaganda for to go bomb people when over 90, 90% is something like 95 to 98% of casualties from drone strikes are innocent civilians, women and children. You think someone who takes money from from corporations that do that, they're not a fundamentally pretty evil person. And I'm not. I I, I could be wrong. I'm, I could change my opinion. I'm just like meeting you where I'm, where how much I know. And I could be buying into propaganda. You know. This sounds to me a little like a conversation I had um, with my ex girlfriend who basically said she would never want to be president. I was very different from her because maybe it's just my competitiveness, my Japanese-ness, whatever. All I want to do is be president. Like, there's almost nothing I would want to do, like, other than be president if I had the Without the bureaucracy. Right. And so, okay, here's why I told a good friend of mine that, you know, I think Trump is in his own way, his own way, he's kind of a genius, is that, you know, how long did Trump's campaign last? Well, a couple of years, sure, but... The reality of it is I think if you really look at what Donald Trump's campaign was, what it did and how it succeeded, it was a 20-year campaign or more. You know, he built a reputation and every single day, all 365 days of those 20 years, he didn't do anything that was so bad that he would never be able to win the presidency. <laughs> the Billy Bush 05 Access Hollywood grab him by the pussy tape is a terrible tape. Um, but it was not so bad that he didn't win the pre- didn't win the presidency. I actually think Tiger, if I had a ton of money like that, like if I had Trump level money, I'd disqual- disqualify myself from the presidency in about a few months. Wow! <laughs> I think I would do something so ridiculous with my money, like um, well, maybe I wouldn't disqualify myself because if I <laughs> if I just started throwing hundred dollar bills out at the park, that would probably be a positive story. But I just think, you know, okay, I would probably like, um, you know, buy some crazy car and then fill it with like, you know, leopards, leopards. Exactly. (laughs) And then there's, oh, Tahira the leopard uh, cruelty candidate because, you know, I didn't give those leopards enough breathing and food and breathing. (laughs) Yeah. I don't don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I'm imagining because I'm a very extra person. So if somebody tells me I can have a Lambo with a leopard in it, I'll say, can I fit six? You know, <laughs> just imagine me with all these leopards in a Lambo. Yeah. Yeah. But all my point is, well, Obama, yeah, pretty, pretty moral person still after he achieved office um, because he wasn't like entrenched in. Oh, here's a point. He wasn't entrenched in, in this terrible energy. And what I'll tell you is, have you ever been to um, Washington, D.C.? Dude, Washington, D.C. is toxic and gross. And it's sticky and messy and humid and awful. That's my opinion. And that's my experience from the four times I've been there. So uh, humans are susceptible to other humans' energy. Extremely susceptible. Yeah. Which is why I adjusted to this intense New York pace. Came back to Eugene and freaked the heck out because it's so different. Um, and DC is just... it's it's a It is a swamp that is 
full of self-interested, extremely political in a bad way, um, performative activism and uh, just shadiness abounds. And so it's really hard to be a part of something like that and be so far away from your constituents and then still retain all of your, I think, moral, um, moral things because moral values because yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to say. Yeah. Well, can they move DC? Can they move where, where all that <laughs> shit's going Dude, down? That's my number one <laughs> policy idea, but not for Eugene Mayer. Cause it's nothing I can do about it as Eugene Mayer. Yeah. Um, you know what? Let's 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 get off politics. We can get on into. Okay, I, but I let me say hashtag Congress to Kansas. I believe Congress, not the White House, and um, possibly not the Supreme Court, but the House of Representatives and the Senate should be in Kansas. Why it's Kansas? the geographic center of the contiguous U.S. Uh, okay, right. So we have in in Oregon, our capital is Salem because of where it's located, essentially. It's in a po- It's right in the middle of where the people are at. It's pretty close to Portland, but it's not in Portland, and it's close enough to Eugene. And sadly, it's very far away from like Malheur and Grants Pass and Silverton, right? But there's just not that many people out there. Yeah. So when you have a capital, the idea is everybody should be able to get there easily. I'm tired of the fact that um, you know, uh, it wouldn't make a huge difference. But if my our Oregon congress people and senators were in kansas instead and only a few time zones away instead of three um yeah i think it would make a difference yeah and i think it would enfranchise the middle of the country a lot more it would mm-hmm. so i want to talk about a person is not a date and what your thoughts are <laughs> on what a person is then well a person is not a date what do you what do you mean what's a date like i think that we already agree I mean, you know what this pen is and how this pen is not a date. But how would a person be a date? Like, who, who's even, who, who are you even arguing against then? Like, I, I don't like the idea that, oh, that's my date. This person is my date. Oh, describing a person as a date. Right. Oh, I thought you were meaning like a person, like a date that they did something miraculous in the mm. world or something. I was like a person, there not you just go. that I love both of those interpretations because that's the title of a poem that I wrote and then forgot about. A person is not a date. Well, that's great because I don't think a person's legacy or a person's moral character can ever be determined by the single worst or the single best day in their life in terms of what they did, like their own actions. So that's a beautiful uh, way to look at it in terms of something I already really believe. Like, you know, my father went to jail when I was in high school and he did something very bad on the day that he went to jail. But I have never believed that his character is defined by that moment. Um, And in that, but but all I was saying with a person is not a date is I think that like, um, you know, real dating, dating that I think is healthy is just, it's not. It's, 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 there's nothing wrong with just going out on one date with a person, but, um, there's something that seems weird to me about, um, I don't know. I don't know what struck me as bad about it, but, but I think that like, if you look at a person as, oh, this is my date, um, for today, then you're liable to only viewing them as important for a 24 hour period. And then, you know, weeks could go by and you just never connect again and um 
Bring it back to social media, dating's become a lot different. Mm, yeah. You think for the better or worse? Because I mean, oh, how, how else are people going to meet? There needs to be some way people meeting. Dude, it's actually really good right now in some ways. Um, but all the ghosting, man, because the, the dating apps. Okay, here's something you may or may not know. There's two demographics of people. Again, I'm very identity focused. Yeah. Um, that do the worst on dating apps. It's um. It's it's black blank and Asian blank. They do the worst. What's blank? Like a gender? Mm, yes. Or people? Mm-hmm. But not people. It's a gender. It is male. Who does worse? Who does the worst on dating apps? Black men or women on dating apps? I can't even make a guess. Which one? Which one is it? Okay, but you could definitely guess with Asian. Who does better on dating apps in the United States of America in 2019? Asian women. Asian women. I can't They're make very, that one. Yes. What's the answer to the other Somewhat one? fetishized, but also there's this idea yeah. of mask of femininity that they have, that yep. it's very kind of um, yeah, it's patriarchal, and that's great. And it's that's weird, fine. and it's weird. You it's, see these like w- these clips from Japanese game shows, and you're like, this right. is weird. This is a strange Dude, thing. Dude, Japanese that's going anime. On. They have the most ridiculous idea of how big a breast can be. And eyes and everything. <laughs> and yeah. a lot of things. It's strange. It's, it's so a, strange. It and is. they almost like uh, idealize being Fantasies stupid. Fantasies are really interesting. Oh, they totally do. It's sad. It's sad. Yeah, it's just be a doll. That's what it is. And so, <laughs> but black women, black oh. women, they struggle on dating apps comparatively. Okay. Um, but one of the things that's challenging about them is like, okay, hmm. I feel like I actually have to be... Well, I definitely have to put up a front to try to be more attractive, right? I have to be, I would say, I actually feel like I've been more successful once I'd like present myself in a way that's more quote unquote alpha. I'm just like, I used to be this really nice guy. I used to talk about, I used to talk about like, you know, consent is important to me and all these things. Well, yes, that's good to have, but, um, I actually felt like I have become a more attractive person on those apps when I'm just really blunt and I just say some shit like, I'm not fucking around. No, or like, um, yeah. I, just really forward, just forward bra- talking. Bragging, bragging too about like wow. the fact that I'm going to be in law school. And um, I haven't even <laughs> applied to a single law school. But like, you know, especially with women who mostly I'm on those apps, I'm interested in women. And um I have seen from my friends, like my friend pulled out an app and I believe the number was 26,000 matches that she had to choose from. Holy cow. I've never had more than like seven matches to choose. Well, there's like a big queue of like a hundred now probably on one of my apps, but like those are all just like little, they didn't work out. I sent them one message. They didn't send anything back, which is fine. Um, but yeah. Good communication is important, Tiger. And one of the things with those apps that's a challenge is that, um, you know, how does a how does a woman traditionally tell a man she's not interested? What words Ghosting. does she? Yes, None. I was gonna say what words does she use? Yeah, or not use? Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Um, and I'm sure that the ghosting happens regardless of gender, but like that's that's a real phenomenon, right? And so, um, it's just. Uh, there needs to be a universal thing taught in school in in, in, in <laughs> whatever consciousness class or whatever you want to call yeah. holistic mouth. Like, Hey, if you're not interested in person, just send them like they even an emoji for it. That just like unanimously just says like, Hey, 
you're a cool person, but not what I'm looking for in terms of a mate. Right. There needs to be those exact words, you know, that are just easy to convey to people. That'd be awesome. Or even just a button you could hit. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, that's, that what, is, that's what I said. In isn't as rude as a block. Yeah. But just like, you know, communicates like, the spark isn't there for me. So yeah. And that's a very valid thing. Right. That's a, you know? Right. Yeah. I don't know. Dating and everything is strange. Dude. I think that <laughs> I had this ridiculous idea when I was, when I was in my backyard, just chilling uh, a few weeks ago. And it's like, okay we have this idea that the ideal number of parents in a household is two why a lot of people raise kids successfully with only one a lot of uh, two parent households completely struggle and fall apart and become domestically um, just troublesome problematic possibly abusive Uh, and then there's groups of three or four that are successful it's just they're extremely uncommon and not talked about i've never heard of them right right exactly but like people who who in groups of three or four um choose to all live together romantically have relationships monogamishly usually monogamish is a cool term because it's like yeah generally you and i are you know attached to one another but if you fuck someone else that's not the end of the world like what I like about science is we we know how biology works now, so we had this really gross like before like the chewed gum metaphor for virginity. What? A person, typically a woman, oh like oh, a lot of yeah. a lot of these abstinence only sex education you know things in like the eighties and nineties were like, would you chew gum that someone else already chewed? Then what happens when you give up your virginity? You become like a piece of chewed gum. As that was like, on TV. Uh, on the radio i've seen i don't remember where i saw that because we're there was all, something we're all like the there's propaganda now. like that well it was um it was that particular group was a kind of like a fundamentalist christian oh, christian right. group that was trying to you know basically yeah. also like wash away the sins of people who had had sex before marriage and so you can become new you know you can get baptized and it's like okay um yeah i don't know how that really but changes you said you're religious what, what religion are you Oh, I'm a Christian. Just not fundamentalist? No. You go to church? I went to church today. My you did? Mo- my, I don't know how much I want to say, but my close family member cried at church today. It was so good. Do you cry? I cry often. Uh, well, when I moved to New York, I cried every single day. Wow. Why? Hey, sadness? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I don't know. Imagine being, you know, okay. I could probably name five things. Just I'll try to rattle them off because I have the tendency to just like ramble on and on and actually not go anywhere quickly with my thoughts. Um, I'll rattle them off. One, imagine that you know you could just never experience silence. Silence is just gone. You can't you can't have that. Um, and then you know the air quality is incredibly bad, and you know there's blinking lights and sirens at any hour right outside your window, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, people there is not even a chance that uh, people will actually like smile at you on the street um and that and and i don't know i'm trying to highlight all the negative things it's hard because new york is the greatest city in the world in my opinion what why oh dude new york's the greatest city in the the, world if you were to rant off the positives then what would they be diversity number one it's the city of diversity you know i mean it's not it might not be the most diverse city in the in the world i don't know how you measure that but um 
Ellis Island, where so many European uh, and just global immigrants were brought in at the turn of the century, the 1900s, roughly, at uh, the beginning of the 1900s. And um, you don't have that in California, in Chicago, in Houston, in Portland, certainly, in the same way, is this idea that, like, this city would be, uh, you know, pretty much founded or, like, severely expand and expand very vertically on a small island of Manhattan, mostly, um, in a way that's just, like, bar none, we're just going to include everybody. It's not like you retroactively said oh crap like you know we should care about oakland and we should care about uh, the bay area should care about oakland and no I, this is a bad example i'm Wait, what i'm do saying you think is we should just oh, do you think i'm, I'm completely on the fence and, right. and i don't have an opinion i'm just asking yours on this do you think we should completely open the border All what borders? the fuck is a border i know that's what that's what i'm asking i just don't know what a border is yes because right now there's a table between us is that a border you know what I mean, though. Do you, do you think we should freely allow all people, even from, like, uh, uh, refugees from the Middle East and stuff to come here? And people from Mexico well, I to think come up? Refugees, I, I think refugees from the Middle East are some of the people we should definitely have come here. Especially if our government wants to go after radical Islam and go right. after... Right. We should care we should for have them. Allies. Well, we should have allies in the Muslim world and in the Muslim American Muslim community. Well, and we if we're work ruining with. their neighborhoods, we should at least take them in. Right. Or, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, um, this is a really interesting situation now where Trump is such an, uh, he is such an economic populist and a, and a nativist and a nationalist that, um, okay, what you have pointed out is a correct statement that the, the history of American foreign policy is not a good history for pretty much anybody who's not America or the United States or an ally to America. And not even we the fucked over a lot currently, of people. Currently, too. Yes. Like what's happening However, right now. However, what Trump has spun as a narrative and has convinced half of the country to believe is America is actually not doing the oppressing and not doing the pillaging and the raping and the destroying of these communities. America is the one defending getting, its defense. Right. It's defense and China and Ru well not Russia cuz he loves Russia. But China is outpacing us, India uh, is outpacing us in STEM, science, technology, uh, engineering, mathematics, you know, P people who you know, we're having to bring in a lot of MDs too, people who uh, like Indian American doctors are very very uh, common and simply because of the fact that we have a huge void we could use as many of them as we can have and we just don't have enough doctors right now to which is disgusting and it's an educational problem like we can literally make more doctors and we can literally make it easier to become a doctor but they make it cost way too much and you have to be up all the time for years on end like mm, that's ridiculous that's, that's ridiculous true. yeah it's challenging why should you have to work 80 hours a week all the time just right. to go you know right and then it comes back to a healthcare, and that's a double. That's a double doozy. It's an education mm -hmm. and a healthcare problem, right? Because once you're whatever three hundred thousand dollars in debt, then when you, you're incentivized, you say, "Hey, I want to make a fucking boatload of money in healthcare," and then you're at a for for profit healthcare system. I think that just fundamental. Okay, one of the things we understand from my knowledge about human brain development is that 
in certain communities, because nurture is so important. Yeah. The first five, 10, 15, but even 30 years of your life, you're still learning and your brain's still developing. And so just everything you learn about what is right and what is wrong fundamentally is impacted so much by how those initial neurological and cognitive sort of frameworks and networks are built. If you fire it, you wire it. So, you know, if I ate one pretzel thing every single day right here, I'm just going to want a pretzel thing. I'm just, even though, even if I didn't like them right now, exactly. It's ritual. When you fire it, you wire it. What's my point with that? It was something. Nurture. Nurture. Yeah. And so it's possible, sadly, to essentially grow up without empathy, without developing empathy. And people in the Taliban and people in various American gangs and people in Al Qaeda who would be willing to, you know, blow up buildings and kill innocent people. Um, sadly, dude, my understanding is that it is possible white nationalists who is white supremacists who are violent. Where are you going with this? Dude, it's possible to, to grow up without developing empathy. And so schools are one of the number one sites where we can fight that because schools can physically actually force people to develop empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's a scary way to put it the way I put it. You have to be empathetic. Well, that's the weird thing about but, curriculums. It's like whoever has the money gets to pick what the new generation learns and grows up knowing. <laughs> and yeah, it could be empathy, but what if it's, uh, I guess you can't have the wrong kind of empathy. Can you? The wrong kind of empathy. Um, I mean, you can still false morals. No, I think empathy is one of those rare virtues. It's just always virtuous. Yeah, like thinking about it, I'm like, how can you install? You can't like propagandize. It's like love. It's like, I just don't think love can be too much. Otherwise, it's not love. Yeah. Otherwise, it's manipulation or it's lust or it's any number of other things. But but, But what I was getting to is like whoever pays for the curriculum, it's like, okay, now Columbus is a good person. So I guess, yeah, like we need to, there needs to be classes on how, like, I mean, yeah. And everybody gets the books that Texas decides. Yeah. Well, there needs, Texas okay. is the so biggest there needs textbook to be, market. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. So everybody, all at Pearson, McGraw-Hill, as far as I understand, they basically make the books so that the Texas legislators will be happy and the Texas state, state government and state board of education will be okay with it. And then those books will be accepted in Texas, which is the biggest market. And so that's what those people write to. Why is but that the Texas, biggest market? That's not the most populated state. Why is that the biggest market? They don't have the most people in school, do they? I mean, it's. The, I think it's the third most populated state. And I mean, if you think about, it's probably about the age of people that live in Texas. There's probably, I mean, LA and New York are the most populous states, but Older everybody people. freaking moves there Smart. after they've already got their education. Didn't even think about that. You're right. right. So that's probably why. Texas so then it's is probably the, the highest populated in terms of people who are in school. Right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Dallas, Austin, El Paso. Uh, I'm even missing another major city. I don't even remember which one it is. You've Houston, been to ter- You've Houston been to is the fourth biggest. No, I haven't been to Texas. I just love American geography and history. Yeah, that's what you got a degree in. Yeah, exactly. So what was that? What was that degree? Mm. Oh, let's talk about it. American Studies is... Oh, God, I have the whole should be I can rattle it off. Uh, It's interdisciplinary, which is cool. So 
I was required and, and encouraged to take classes all all throughout history, um, art, film, literature, uh, sociology. Uh, Become a well-rounded human being. Right, exactly. And so it's it's an area studies major, similar to Africana studies or Latin American studies or Asian studies. In that, I mean, it's it's basically just to take that same framework and apply it to North America. Okay. So I have a very good knowledge of of arts, culture, history, literature, and shit. In uh, what I would say, it's contemporary America. So the last hundred years or so, roughly, I I could pretty much tell you a basic outline of everything that happened, and that's pretty cool. But um, I like um, what I'm liking is working backwards mm-hmm. because I mean the U.S. is so young. The U.S. is a baby. Um, and so that's part of why we can't govern ourselves, frankly. France, the UK, Japan, Russia, China, those societies have been around for like freaking centuries. And the US has only been, I mean, we only had the colonial um, landing in the 1400s. And then we had, which is way late compared to all the other countries I mentioned, right? Um, and then we we only had the, the nation from the 1700s. Uh, and so we are still really figuring out we're only on our 45th president. We're only on our 45th national leader. Uh, how many freaking emperors has Japan had? You know, how many? And, and, and during those periods of time, it was not just one emperor. It was a family, Meiji, Udo. Speaking of Japan, what do you think of, uh, it's the first time that, isn't it like the declining? They have 2 million people oh. less this year than they did previously? I don't think that was the first year. I think that that would probably happen in the last two or three years. I mean, that's going to be chaos. Oh, the population pyramid, if you look at it, it's totally inverted. It's totally and inverted. We, they actually are having to use robotics to take care of their elderly. <laughs> that's gonna be chaos man it, where's that gonna be in three to five years maybe i need to go there and find a japanese uh, wife <laughs> that's exactly what my dad did <laughs> really yeah yeah not really intentionally but what i'm saying is that i mean the the reproduction is is oh it's important. over there yeah. they need to do it mm-hmm. um they need to do it <laughs> and the government is trying to find ways to incentivize more fucking procreation. Um, so it's a concern for me. Um, but I like that there's a little more stability in the political system in Japan the last couple of years. Shinzo Abe is the prime minister. Um, and he's he's a little bit rightist and, and he's a little bit right and statist and um, conservative. But before they would have one like every freaking year. They just for like a really solid maybe what's almost one? ten period. One? A prime minister, a new one every year. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. They would have a new prime minister because there was just too much tumult and not a lot of agreement on who who it should be. And I don't know exactly why that would keep happening. But um, that's crazy. But That'd yeah. be crazy to have a new president every single year. I think well, it'd be kind of good. Tiger, I gotta feel like, in a lot of ways, with the technology and communication that we have now, time is actually speeding up. Yes, without a doubt. I think that four-year presidencies are like ages now. Ages. Maybe One we day, could do a three-year. But the problem with that is, well, then you're just in a constant campaign cycle. And, and not only constant campaign, as soon as one gets in, they just redact everything the previous one did. And then it's just, it's, you know, 
it's just forever just re-undoing what the previous person just did two years ago. It's really weird and sad that that's where we got because <laughs> why couldn't we have had that with Obama? Why couldn't we have had Obama actually go in and get rid of the Patriot Act instead of, I think he Who Joe Biden it. voted for multiple times. Dude, do you know what jingoism is? Mm-mm. It's It's similar to patriotism, but it's got a little more of a negative connotation. And it's just this fervent, blind, nationalistic, raw, raw energy. Yeah. And it's why Bush's approval ratings were so good in 2002. Because... September 11th, he was responding as a strong man. People love the brown Arab uh, scapegoat. And so that's what the Patriot Act essentially was. It was, ooh, we have the power now to take more power in the inter, uh, the telecommunications world, right, by intercepting messages. And we won't even hide it from people now. It'll yeah. just be legal because the world trade center got bombed and now we can, we can sort of scapegoat these people. At, so. at what point are you okay losing privacy to gain convenience, not to gain protection? Cause I think that's all prop f- fake, you know, no one's actually in danger. We're much more in danger of, you know, heart attack, car accidents, or people in our own community attacking us rather than that. But what we do give up if we, if we were to get, if you were to be really private and like, okay, you know, if you were to have, I, I don't even know where, it's 2 a.m. Everyone. Holy cow. Right. We um, should, we should wrap up soon. Cause any podcast above like two hours, I'm like, well, I wouldn't even listen to that. So I don't know. Really? What. I go for longer. I like, I, I look for <laughs> really? three to four hour podcasts. Cause then you can That's just throw cool. it on and, and spend all day. I listen That's to podcasts true. all day though. That's a good point. I think I'm like so obsessive with the ones I love that like I would always be rewinding. So a one hour one would turn into a one and a half or two hour one anyway. Like, yeah. oh, I drifted my, or I had to do this thing for 10 minutes. So now I'm going to rewind and everything. You know, I'm not going to just sit there and let it play. That's just mm-hmm. not my style. I'm going to, whatever I'm listening to, I want to be actively listening to all of it. So yeah, a three hour thing is like, okay, wow, that is That's a fantastic sometimes. Yeah. My favorite one, let's talk about podcasts. I think that'd be pretty cool too. Meta. Um, <laughs> Well, Bo Burnham was on um, Pete Holmes' You Made It Weird, and he's done it three times, I think, but the second one, I think, is just like, oh, my God, so smart. I talked a lot about, um, had a really great nuanced take on cannabis, because Bo also has anxiety. I have anxiety. And uh, he was basically like, yeah, dude. (laughs) He basically, he he was very more hardline than me, but he was like, I think anybody who smokes weed every single day is going to get an anxiety disorder or something like that. Yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> I mean, it changes the way that you experience anxiety and it exacerbates a lot of anxiety because it kind of introduces this paranoia. Like I used to it think... It makes you claustrophobic in your own head. It makes time go by slower. It makes you just like, what the fuck? Mm. Like, it's just loud. It's just mm. too loud and it's like mm. echoey, you know? Yeah, well, it sounds like a bad sativa. <laughs> you know, a body high from a from a an indica. Um, yes, it'll do have it'll have those things in the right in a certain context, but you know, different. And it's all set and setting. It's right. marijuana is pretty much just like a low psychedelic, like a chill yes, psychedelic. But we have such concentrated forms of it now that Good it's point. just like whoa. Yeah. So that's all the times that I've really been tripping and like freaking out. Uh, been related in some way to hash or oil or dabs or wax, like the most concentrated forms of THC yeah. without much CBD at no all. No CBD. You're right. 
Yeah, why? Yeah, it's chaos. Yeah, Best podcast I've listened to, I literally actually, in the previous four days, I listened to it five or six times now, is Naval on Joe Rogan, number 1309. Okay. Seriously. Cool. That cool. is crazy. J-R-E. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I don't listen to that many. I mean, I, I tend to listen to Duncan Trussell's, Joe Rogan's, and a couple other people's. Do you listen to a broad range? Dude, you know I'm into politics, so let me rattle off everything. Is so NPR makes a bunch, and the New York Times make a few, so I'm like a sucker for that crap. So the pol- NPR Politics Podcast, New York Times The Daily, um, NPR Up First, uh, which is all similar to The Daily. It's just like a news thing every every morning. It's like less than half an hour. Cool. I'll um, check them out. Here, here really quick, because we're almost at two hours. Do you want to rattle out? Do you have uh, anything to promote? Or do, oh. I, do you want to start up a hashtag for when you're running for mayor? Dude. What I want people to do is eventually um, check out. Well, I would love for you to check out my Instagram. Give me a follow at Hira2020, at H-I-U-R-A 2020. Um, and then, you know, if you want to add me on Facebook too, Thomas, H-I-U-R-A, we'll connect. And then I'll just like send you a massive load of links and you'll have to check out all of them. And it'll be great. Because um, I, because that's how it is. It's like, uh, since I don't have a, a website yet. Um, Hira2020.org is going to be the website. ThomasHira.org is I'm also going to take be. it and hold it hostage. I'll have to sell it to you. Thankfully, <laughs> no one has taken it. Yeah, you better not. <laughs> oh my God, be so Gosh, you're going to scalp me? <laughs> yeah. Dude, scalping is an immoral activity. It's a way to get money. It's a business that is that is immoral because you're not providing service to anyone. Nope. The only thing you're doing... Becoming a middleman. Yes, is, is capitalizing off of artists' performances and other people's desperation to see those artists yeah. you're not providing any service to anyone you're just taking money so that sucks um not saying it should be illegal you it's just hard. lost a vote of all the scalpers though so <laughs> sucks <laughs> I don't you lose by two, five votes i don't need them <laughs> i only need those people when i really want to see tenacious d and we drove all the way there and it's at the schnitzer concert all and it's 2006 and i want to see them um, all right, follow him on Instagram, uh, add him on Facebook, and right. vote for him in next year. Right, Thomas coming Hira. In quick. If you search Thomas here, I'm sure my my page will eventually be. Well, this is coming out soon, so never mind. Sp- spell your Facebook spell page. your last name one more time. H I U R A, and we're out. Take care, everyone.